0: guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Oxford Holy Club. We are extremely glad that you've chosen to join us again. We know that you have your choice of podcasts and we are some glad you've chosen to listen to us. I would like to introduce you to a, a guest who's been here before. And uh, so would you all give a big club welcome to our guest, Lucas Candy?
1: Why, hello, everyone.
0: How you doing, Lucas.
1: I'm doing very well. I've spent uh, too many days in the sun, so I'm happy to be inside in the shade like some kind of uh, gargoyle or something, nice <laughs> and you know, out of the sun. I was
0: out in the sun yesterday with the kids and, and my wife, and I did not sunscreen up, and I look like a lobster. <laughs> from your homeland? Yeah, From my homeland. Well, I'm from PEI, so that's more of a potato, but <laughs> anyway, you know, whatever. Uh, well, Lucas, um, again, thank you for joining us and looking forward to doing an episode with you th- this evening. Um, you know how we roll on the show. Uh, we enjoy our random funny questions. And so, Lucas, I want to toss a couple of questions out to you. Uh, we have a shared document right now, so Lucas can kind of see where I'm going. And uh, and if there's a question on there, Lucas, that you don't want, just, you know, backspace it before I get there. <laughs> um enough. So this question comes from Yahoo Answers, and I, I've never quite heard it like this. Do you clean your house or just move?
1: As in like, you don't want to like clean your house, so you move just to avoid the whole problem.
0: Right. I, from, from what I could gather from the question, that seems to be it. In, in lieu of cleaning the house, they up and move.
1: Well, I mean, the pro you know it gets a little spendy after a while if you move every time your house gets dirty. So, I mean, there's that, um, and you know, it's probably cheaper to get a house cleaner. You know, if you really, if you're really just looking not to clean, if that's the thing, you know, that you don't want to do.
0: My question is, what are they bringing to their new home that's making this next home so messy?
1: Like- I think if if you really if you're if you're gonna do this then you're going to have to basically go like scorched earth and just leave everything at your old house. Uh, And that way, if you start with nothing, you know, just the shirt on your back and you walk into this house, it's going to take you that much longer to make it dirty and messy. If you have to start from nothing, like you get like one spoon, one fork, you know, that sort of thing.
0: Okay. What do you think the ad looks like? You know, when the realtors, you know, sometimes you're looking at a house and it's like fully furnished. Like, do you think <laughs> yeah. this person is trying to sell the house or just giving the keys to whatever township or city and going, I'm done with this house, do whatever you want?
1: You're going to really have to have one of those as is, where is kind of labels slapped in that house, I would imagine.
0: going to be a very eclectic ad, you know, like you've got to be able to market that right to the right type of person. Hey, are are you a hoarder? <laughs> yeah. You know, are you a type A OCD personality? We've got the home just for you. <sighs>
1: It's, it's, it comes pre-hoarded.
0: Pre-hoarded, just just ready for you to come in and straighten all the different things. Um, but what about you, Lucas? What's your house like right now? You've got three children.
1: Uh, my house would be... Okay, here's here's the situation. If you come over, my house will look messy like I have three kids and they, they've been like playing around and you just dropped in. What you don't know is it took me four hours of cleaning to get to that point. <laughs> So like, I'm not like I've been cleaning all day. It doesn't just look like that. It takes me a couple hours of cleaning just to get it to like barely socially acceptable if you like me enough sort of situation.
0: Okay. Yeah. You, you're you lucky that you, you uh, going into your house, you can, you can kind of move people right into the living room area. They don't need to go into your kitchen. They don't need mm-hmm. to go to your, you know, they don't see the basement right away. Yep. For, for us, the moment you come in, it's turn left and go to the basement, turn right, go to my kitchen. So like those are two areas that are just killer in my house for mess. Mm-hmm. So if we're having company, uh, we either clean the kitchen or list the house on uh, on Craigslist or something.
1: You know, you should try blindfolding them. Make it like a fun game. Like, oh, we played this fun game. Just got to blindfold you. And they spin them around a couple of times, walk them into your living room, and then do the same thing in reverse, I guess.
0: Blindfold the guest. They never, they never really know where they are in the house.
1: No, exactly. That's right. Tell them that you keep a lot of money in the house and you don't want people to know exactly where it is. Yeah. Um, speaking of which we talked about, you know, a few episodes ago about that money book that I used way back in university. I found it today. I was going through some of my books and I found it all hollowed out. I was like, oh, maybe there's like money in here that I forgot about, like found money, but I opened it up and there was one pen inside it. It was a bank. It wasn't even anything nice. It wasn't even a quality pen. Now,
0: was that an episode that got released or was that that special episode we recorded the unreleased episode?
1: I feel like that was my pilot episode, but I could be wrong.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, for me, we clean the house. We don't move, and, and we barely move when we clean the house. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, another question comes uh, via, via Yahoo, and it is, let's see here. Can I make toast by boiling bread very high? Can, can I make toast by boiling bread very high? This is one of those. This is one of those sentences that doesn't make sense if you really break it down.
1: (laughs) But you want to take a stab at this one? Well, you know, of course, my first look, I was like, no, stupid. That's not how boiling. (laughs) That's not how toast works. But then I thought about it, and I tried to thought. Well, they want more than just a quick answer, and I thought, well. If you throw in a dense enough piece of bread, one that's not not like one of those cheapo ones that will just, like, disintegrate on contact, but, like, a pretty hearty, you know, like a rye or something like that. Sure. And if you didn't have very much water in, then it would eventually boil out, and then you'd be left with soggy bread on a very hot pan, which would sear it, which could technically be called toast. I don't think it would be good, but it could technically be possible to boil toast if you really, really wanted to do it. I've got to
0: be honest. I didn't think it was possible. I thought this was this. I thought this was a non-starter. And you took, you took water, bread, and heat, and took it all the way to toast, Lucas.
1: I'm kind of a food engineer. You know, I, I know what I, I don't like many things. I'm picky, so I have to be really uh, you know, have to come up with different ideas for the stuff I do like.
0: There's only so many ways you can enjoy that plain bread.
1: <laughs> That's right. I like my toast boiled.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna try that in the morning. If you never hear another podcast, it's because it went horribly wrong. <laughs> um, last question, Lucas, and it's an it's another food one. And then we'll move on to some serious questions here. Um, what's the difference between normal ketchup and fancy ketchup?
1: Oh, that's easy. One's gross. One's expensive and gross. <laughs> um, you're not a ke- oh, you're not a ketchup fan, are you? No, I'm not an any condiment fan, except for, you know, a little dabbling of barbecue sauce, you know, if the mood strikes me. But no, I'm a real plain Jane. Uh, So ordering at fast food places where, you know, they're known for their high quality staff and all that stuff is super fun. uh, Because I either don't repeat my order and like double check that it's, you know, double check that it's, you know, sauce free and plain. And chances are I get it that way. I get it wrong. Or I just sound like some kind of like... Uh, crazy person who's like, it's plain, right? Plain, plain. Did you hear me say plain? Plain, 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 plain. And and then annoy them, <laughs> uh, which is another thing you don't want to do with fast food employees. So yeah, so it's super fun to order fast food for me.
0: No, it's not. I remember going to different restaurants with you and we would be putting our orders in sitting around the table at like a big stop, not a sponsor. And everybody be ordering these immaculate meals that just like take up this massive plate and the and by now the waitress is like she's writing frantically and, and she gets to you and plain hot dog. No no ketchup. No. No no mustard. That's right, just plain. Yeah, yeah, I know it's boring.
1: That's just how I like it. <laughs> but 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 one time, you know, I was in Ottawa and I went to a diner and uh, I ordered, you know, a burger or whatever. And I was like, oh, it would be kind of cool going to this little, like, mom-and-pop place. And uh, so, of course, my plane burger came with, like, the full works on it. You know, I, you know, it's my cross to bear. And uh, and I was like, oh, sorry, I ordered this plane. And then, and then sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, no problem. And sometimes they treat you like you're lying and you just made it up. Uh, but they didn't do that. They're like, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. And, like, and they brought it back really fast. And I was like, hmm. And I opened it up. And you can see where they had just, like – Oh, no, opened up the no, bun and just no. slid everything Ugh. across. And I don't know if they put it – like what they did because it was fairly clean, but in all the nooks and crannies, I could see yellow from the mustard. So, yeah, that was the one – I didn't go back to that particular mom-and-pop place. You can't just sweep mustard under the table. Do you th-
0: Do you think they just kind of rinsed it off in the sink? Just took oh, the it off. Oh, they might it off. Don't, <laughs> don't, me- don't <laughs> mention whatever restaurant that is. That's dangerous. <laughs> well well – for me, there's only one ketchup and it's Heinz. Again, not a sponsor, but anything other than Heinz to me is just not good for ketchup. And I discovered what I would classify as fancy ketchup, I would I would call spicy ketchup. They have a spicy ketchup that I just love. If I can pick up the spicy ketchup, I would take that over normal ketchup any day. So to me, that's the difference. For Lucas, ketchup is... I, I, ketchup is dead to him so there's no such thing one just costs more money
1: Oh, but ahead. I do know a fun ketchup fact and that is Heinz when they first started selling ketchup long long ago was very innovative for their clear bottles and that's because all their competitors who made ketchup made it from rotten tomatoes which is why they didn't use clear bottles so you couldn't see like the grossness inside and Heinz is like look clear look how not rotted our food is and everyone's like oh how fancy is that uh, and that was their humble beginnings selling not rotted ketchup
0: Oh my word! So the answer is Heinz. Heinz is—that's the difference. No other kind. No other kind. Uh, uh, well, we uh, we actually received a question from our, our Facebook group. Someone sent in a question for us to kind of look at and have some conversation around. And so, uh, listener, for you that sent that question in, thanks very much. We're, we're looking forward to more questions through Facebook and, and Twitter and our email. And I'll, I'll reference all those near the end of the episode so that you can send in questions. But this question says this. How do you know if a thought that pops into your head comes from God or from the devil? I think that's a really important question, um, Lucas. What do you think?
1: Um, well, I, I really, really like that question, actually. And it's funny because at this phase of my life, I find it fairly easy to point to figure it out. Um, because, and the reason for that is because I, you know, I spend a lot of time in the Word, and I, you know, I read my Bible, and I've been growing up, so I know what what's true and what isn't. And I heard it put this way one time at camp, and I really liked it, or I read it somewhere. I can't remember what it was, but Um, like the FBI or actually it's the secret service. They're the ones who deal with counterfeit bills in the States. And, uh, if you're a young secret service person, like you, when you think of secret service, you think of the president, but most of, most of them don't jump in front of bullets for presidents. Most of them actually work in the treasury department, uh, and like work with money and stuff. And they said, the way you learn to tell what counterfeit money is, isn't by looking at lots of examples of counterfeit money. It's by just constantly handling real money. Mm -hmm. and by doing that and like studying it and when you know what's true the fall stands out for itself um and and i always think of that and that's the same thing when you read the bible and when you you know spend time in the word and you you know you're you're living the life air quotes here uh of a christian uh it becomes easier and easier to spot those kind of counterfeit thoughts um, when you know, with this, does this line up with the God that I've been studying or does it, is it, does it go against it? Or is it just some feeding something that I want? Now, unfortunately, like I said, I don't have a huge problem spotting those thoughts, but the problem is, uh, you know, Satan's real wily and he, and he usually puts them in at the right time. You know, uh, I'm tired, I'm grumpy, I just stubbed my toe. And then my kid says something to me and that's totally fine but then i snap at them right like right um or or, or anything like that you know and he gets me at my weakest point and the second i say it i know like oh you know i got i got tripped up there like obviously that wasn't something i should say and uh so so the the first step is is pointing it out which just takes that just you know surrounding yourself when it's true like reading your bible getting into it learning the stories learning kind of the character of god um the hard part the, the second part which is i think harder is learning not to be kind of tripped up by it Right,
0: it's it's one thing to recognize it, but it's it's another to make sure you don't act on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you made a really good point about about recognizing what what is real. Um, if you can, if you go back right to the Garden of Eden, right from the be- very beginning, when the serpent shows up, you know when he's talking to Eve, and and you can read all about it in uh, in Genesis three. But he's you know he's talking to Eve, and there was one rule that God gave them, uh, you know, it even says that he, that he spoke to them, to Adam and Eve. And it was, you know, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, and so, because if they did, then they would surely die. It said, uh, and so the serpent comes along and immediately he starts, you know, uh, he starts talking to Eve and he starts casting doubt, you know, did God really say, and so, You know, what she was hearing was this mixed message of, well, you know, you know, did he, did he really say that? And if you were to look at the story and really look closely in Eve's response to the serpent, she actually added to what God had said. God had said, don't eat of it. What Eve responded with was we're not even allowed to touch it. But nowhere in Scripture does it say that Eve wasn't familiar enough with what, with God's Word, and and so you can you can you can read the rest of the narrative and see how it transpires about how he keeps putting doubts and he keeps questioning God, and and all that, and Eve just wasn't well versed enough to be able to refute what what the serpent was saying, um, and so you know what Lucas said about being in the Word. That is where we go when we want to recognize the thoughts that are going, you know, in our head. The things that pop in, um, test them against Scripture. You know, line it up with God's Word. Is it is it the same as what Scripture says? Does it have harmony with what you would find in the Word of God, or is it contrary? Is it completely against that? Um, and so, you know, that when you're thinking, you know, does this thought that I'm thinking, you know, does it? Is it from God or from the devil? You know, First thing is is check the word, Um, very easy to do that. Uh, Romans eight, six says, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So it's, this question I think is really important as we talk about our thought life, Um, because a a lot of what comes, um, everything that comes out of us begins in our mind, you know, you know, is it God honoring? Are those thoughts God honoring? Is it truly glorifying to Jesus? Does it, does it represent Jesus? Is it pure and lovely? You know, Philippians four, eight tells us, um, that to, to set our mind on those things, um, you know, would that thought help somebody else? Is it, is it a thought that tears somebody up or, uh, or down, I mean, or is it a thought that builds someone up? Um, you know, and will that thought produce good fruit? And 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 that's a really interesting question. You know, will the thing, the the thought that popped in, you know, will this produce good fruit? And how again, how do you base good fruit? Is uh, well, first you got to see what what kind of tree that fruit is growing on. So are you connected? You know, first off, are you connected to God? And the fruit that's coming out of that, you know, it'll be good fruit if you're connected to Him, uh, Lucas. What uh? What about what do you think?
1: Well, I think I think kind of one of the games is is that just that Satan wants you focusing on others all the time. What do other people have? Oh yeah. Um, how, how much you don't love other people? Blah 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 blah. And you know the whole verse about uh, you know you know you see a speck of dust in someone's eye when you've got a plank coming out of your eye, and that's a thing. And it's it's, and God wants us to focus on ourselves, not in a selfish way, but, like, how can we improve? What can we do differently? Um, my wife and I have been trying to read through different marriage books, like, do a couple of them a year where we kind of read through and talk about them. And, and they all say, like, switch places. Actually, the one we just read is called Switching Places, and it's all about putting yourself in the other person's shoes. And that's good not just for marriage but for all of life and saying, like, what was their intention um, you know, behind that. And that I'm getting a little bit off topic, but, but so so when someone says something to annoy you or to whatever, or whatever it is, it's easy to get caught up in that situation and get mad at them or whatever it is. But don't forget that you're not perfect and you do bad things all the time too. And it's easy for me, you know, like say my wife didn't do some chore and I could get mad at her, but now every time that I'm about to like snark at my wife for some thing she didn't do, I say, Oh, uh, do you have anything that you haven't done that you need to do yet? And usually have like, I, well, I told you what my house is like. So I'm like, uh, and I'll say, you can, you know, you can kind of uh, nag on her once you've done all, everything you need to do, which never happens. So that that's right. easy. that saves me a lot of trouble.
0: You know, I think it's good to remember that just because uh, we think a thought or we feel a feeling, it doesn't mean that we have to own that thought. Um, that's right. We're, we're told in, um, in second Corinthians that we, we should cast down, you know, imaginations, vain and selfish thoughts and, uh, and any and every thought that doesn't line up with God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, remember the story in, uh, in Matthew four and Luke four, when, uh, the spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days and 40 nights, um, the, you know Satan comes along to try and, and tempt Jesus and Jesus responds with Scripture. And so then get this. if you look the first time that Satan uh, tempts Jesus, it wasn't with Scripture. You know he, I think he he told uh, he told Jesus to turn turn the stones into bread so he could eat. And so Jesus responded with Scripture and then Satan flipped his attack and now started trying to use Scripture. To trip Jesus up. So it's important. It's really important for us to know the word, to really know what the Bible says. Um, now if you were to look at what, what, uh, Satan said in those stories, he only gave parts of the scripture. He used little bits to try and twist it, but Jesus knew the whole and, and responded like that. Um, and so, you know, Satan came to Jesus with half truths and lies and Jesus confronted Satan with the truths from scripture and he didn't entertain any thoughts that were contrary to God's word. Uh, so it's important for us, I think, to know what the Bible says because the enemy will try to use, you know, scripture and he'll try to use the things that we hear in church um, to, to try to lead us astray. Of course he would. I... Um, Somebody that I just recently spoke with said this to me, and and uh, and I think he's right. He's like, you know, the devil goes to church. So let's not fool ourselves. There is an enemy that is trying to keep people from a relationship with Jesus, and for those of us that have it, to keep us useless and tired and angry and all these other things. So don't be don't be surprised to hear that he comes to church. And that he sends, you know, his his angels, if you want to call them, his demons um, out and about to go mess with us in church. Lucas, I see you shaking your head. Is there anything you want to toss into that?
1: Well, there's a, you know, there's an old C.S. Lewis book called The Screw Tape Letters, and I thought it was it was a really interesting read because, you know, we all like love the idea of a guardian angel, but this book talks about there's an idea that basically everyone has like a demon that's out to get them, mm-hmm. and and that is trying to trip them up and. And it's all about basically this letter of this like senior demon, like encouraging his like younger nephew demon to like, to do a good job tripping up this person. And, you know, he was trying, 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 and the guy became a Christian and the guy said, listen, we've lost the main major, major fight here, but there, there's not, everything's not lost. We can still try to make this Christian the worst person possible who is a Christian who will try to steer people away from the faith. Like, you know, and, and that's what, that's what, what can happen. But here's one thing I'll challenge you to do is when you're in church and someone's, Ah, uh, you think that they're being like ridiculous or whatever the problem is? Instead of being like, oh, I mean, Satan's really just using them to, you know, mess up our church. Again, focus on yourself. Where, where is Satan trying to attack me? Because there's some, he'll find the weakest spot and he'll go for it. So always be aware. What's my weakest spot? Where is he going to try to attack? And it's and it's you know, they talk about pride cometh before the fall. And it's and it's those people that think I've got nothing to worry about. That that's when the, the things are going to go bad.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Lucas. Lucas and I have a mutual friend who once shared with me this acronym that I think, you know, is important for this conversation. And it is uh, HALT, H-A-L-T. It stands for hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. And uh, the conversation we were having wasn't specifically about this. um, But I think it applies because, you know, when we're hungry or when we're angry or lonely or tired, the enemy knows that and recognizes that during that time, our defenses are down and we'll plant those thoughts in that are going, you know, you're angry, you know, you deserve, you know, to get what you want or, you know, you're hungry, you know, or, or lonely and tired, lonely and tired is a, is a recipe for disaster. Um, so I think it's important for us to be able to recognize when we're in those states, because when those, you know, when those, um, uh, thoughts pop into our head, we can go, okay, you know, you know what, I've been staying up way too late. I need to go to bed or go to bed, you know, just go to bed before it ever gets to that point. Um, you know, so make sure you're eating, make sure you're going to bed on time. Like, I know that might sound silly, but these things are important to our, to our mental health and to hearing these, you know, to hearing these thoughts and, and certainly, um, you know, it's something, it's something to consider. I want to also add this in the story where Jesus was being tempted for 40 days and 40 nights, which we just talked about. uh, At the very end of that, it talks about the fact that he was hungry. The reason I'm throwing that out there is because he was fully man and he was able to refute Satan and the lies because he recognized the truth of scripture. He was living it but but he was fully god and he and he was hungry and i would have to think you know 40 days before nice lucas i'm not sure what you think but i'd be lonely out there big time uh, um you know he was hungry he was uh you know it doesn't say that he was angry i don't think we see that there um, but I, and it doesn't say that he was lonely it you know it
1: that might just be me uh he probably and, was i mean he was human right like people right. like people
0: yeah and, and, and again it doesn't say but you know, 40 days and nights, like this was, this was not just a small task. This wasn't, you know, only a few hours during the day. Uh, Um, I would be tired at the end of that. And so even though, you know, to me, if I look at that, I could go, I could see maybe three of the four there that could be coming into play. He still was able to stand up against those, you know, those thoughts, um, those doubts, any of that, you know, it does say he was tempted in every way that we were, but yet he did not sin. Um, and so it, I, I really believe that we can stand against this. And Lucas really, he hit it. He hit it right from the very beginning. We need to recognize the truth. And the, the more we can be in the truth, the easier it will be to, to spot the counterfeit. Before we wrap this up, Lucas, um, I think you have a scripture that you would want to share.
1: Uh, Sure. The biggest challenge for me will be not singing it because this used to be a song I sang in like Sunday school. But Philippians 4, 4 to 8 is rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen to me, practice these things, and God, the, the God of peace will be with you. And I think that's that's a great verse to remember because, again, it's not, it's not listing, here's all the things you shouldn't think about. Cause there's, you know, lots it's saying, here's what is, here's what are good things to think right. about. Um, and that's why it's easy. You know, sometimes I'll be watching a show and I'm like, it's not that bad, <laughs> but, but is it that good? No, it, it's not. And then that, you know, gets me thinking about, should I be watching this and should I be, or music or whatever it is, right? Anything oh, in your life. You. It, it's not that bad. Isn't good enough.
0: There. Can you, can you say that again? Cause that's, that's huge.
1: <laughs> it's not that bad isn't good enough.
0: Thank you very much, Lucas. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for our not a sponsor break where we highlight a certain product that does it better than anybody else.
1: Nobody does it
0: Here at the Oxford Holy Club, when we receive a compliment, generally speaking, it is about our audio quality. Most people aren't commenting on the quality of the content and and all that, and that's fine. But my goodness, they love that audio quality. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that audio quality is brought to you by Presonus AudioBox i2. This plugs in to my computer through USB. It allows me to plug in two microphones, or if I want to go microphone and instrument, I can do that too. If I want to record a little guitar, I can do that too. It's got some wonderful preamps that are bringing you this wonderful audio quality. Nobody does it better at keeping my voice sweet and sultry than the PreSonus AudioBox i2, not a sponsor. Well, welcome back, everyone. We're glad that you stuck with us. Now at this time, we're going to look at another one of the Wesley questions. And these are 22 questions that John and Charles Wesley and their accountability group would ask each other every time they met. And uh, we're going to really touch on one that I think is really important when it comes to an accountability group. And it says this, the question is, do I confidentially pass on to others what had been said to me in confidence? Just to throw that out there one last time, so you don't need to rewind. Do I confidentially pass on to others what had been said to me in confidence? I think Lucas, this is a very important question, um, especially for an accountability group. Uh, you know, I would—I certainly wasn't at the meetings. But I've been a part of some accountability groups in my day, and I have, you know, some very close friends that I'm able to share confidential stuff with that I mm-hmm. trust, that they're not going to go around and share it with other people. Um, what do you think about this question?
1: It's a good question because I I don't consider myself to be like a huge gossip or anything like that. Um, but it's funny because every now and then, like you will get a hold of some info, and it's like super juicy i guess to say like it's like it's big stuff and it's funny because normally i like talking about people isn't something that really gets me excited but sometimes right. you'll get some like big nugget of information like oh man this is a big one this would like this would like knock people's socks off yeah even though that's not what i'm like but it's but it's something you have to like just kind of st- It's it's usually only for a few minutes and i'm like okay just you know, sit on it. And like, don't worry about it because, it's, because those type of things are built on trust. Right. Yeah. And, and I, listen, I'm a little bit older than probably a lot of listeners. And let me just tell you, they always find out it, the, it never doesn't happen because people love go, goosey, goosey gossip, <laughs> juicy gossip. <laughs> Want me to redo that one? No, we're keeping that. Okay, <laughs> some goosey jossip, and uh, and yeah, they always find out. But not even for that reason, just because these people, you, because you want to be able to tell them uh, things as well. Like if you have something that you really need to get off your chest, something that you are struggling with, you need to have that uh, that kind of confidence in them, that trust in them. Yeah, um, and that's why you know you, you don't you don't have conf- You know. Accountability groups with everybody that you meet, right? It's You need to have those kind of uh, close relationships where you feel comfortable sharing stuff with people. Uh, I, uh,
0: you're right. I, um, I'm doing an accountability group. I'm, uh, as I've mentioned before, I'm an associate pastor, but I, I have a focus on youth ministry. And, you know, we've organized an accountability group with a few people. And the main thrust of this group is trust that if someone shares something in the group, it does not leave the group. It doesn't get brought up at school. Even amongst them, it just, it stays here. And and I think that's super important. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I read this question, you know, two things popped into my mind and you kind of touched on both of them. Uh, one was trust and the other was about gossip. Uh, because I think when trust breaks down, generally with something like this, it, it's because of gossip. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what does the Bible say about trust? And I picked a few different scriptures that kind of that kind of highlight three different areas of trust, just to highlight the fact that you know trust is very important, and and God um, delights in honesty and and truth and trust. Um, first, and and we know this uh, Proverbs three five and six. This is one of those scriptures like you mentioned earlier. You could sing the song about about these, but. You know, it talks about trusting God. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. The very beginning of this highlights trusting in God. You know, trust in our spiritual leaders. Remember your leader uh, Hebrews 13:7 says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the Word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith and then later uh, Hebrews 13:17 obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls and those who will have to give an account let them do this with joy and not with groaning for that would be of no advantage to you and then last one, oh no sorry, go ahead Lucas.
1: Um, well, just it's funny because when you read those, some people like don't like the idea of submitting to someone authority. It's like, well, well, they're just a human. How do I know I can trust them? You know, they're spiritual leaders, and that's where knowing the scripture comes in. Uh, because if if you're if you know the scripture and you know you know what God is and what God is representing, then if you ever have a spiritual leader who is not you know, not representing God well, you know you've got a bad one, but that's that's another reason to know it, not just for yourself, but so you can always put anything kind of spoken to you by, by you know, a, a pastor or a preacher or whoever, you can kind of line that up and say, does this line up with scripture? And, you know, most time it does, but it's a great way to make sure you don't get caught up and uh, in something that you shouldn't. And that's one way you can have confidence in, you know, your spiritual leaders and make sure that you've chosen good ones is are they lining up with scripture on the regular
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, another thing that we want to be uh, understanding too with trust. So we've got trust, you know, for God, we've got trust for for our leaders, um, you know, in the context of the church, we have spiritual leaders, but there are tons of positions of trust, you know, teachers and counselors and all these other, um, all these other people have positions of trust and we trust that when we share something, it's going to stay there. Imagine having a counselor or, or, uh, you know, school guidance counselor that when, when you go and talk to them about something, they go off to all the other teachers and start sharing what, you know, what you said. Um, the other thing is this is, is trust for one another. Uh first Peter five five says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourself, all of you, with humility towards one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot because even in the Bible it says, you know, that um, you know, your spiritual leaders will be held to a higher standard. You yeah. know, we, we kind of owe them that trust and owe them that, you know, uh kind of reverence in some ways, but they're but I mean, they're held to a higher standard. And, you know, I think we mentioned it before, but I'm a teacher by trade. And and we're also held, like, legally to a higher standard. And I found That's that right. out. We were in, like, some course in teacher school. And I said, listen, if you're just walking down the street and you see a kid in danger or whatever, uh, your legal responsibility is to do what any kind of good person would do in that situation. But if you have a student in your classroom and something happens – you are held to the, you're expected to act as a good and conscientious parent would act because you're basically their parent at that point. So, and that way, you know, that's something that's like, we, we expect steps above for you guys. And it's the same thing for, you know, spiritual leaders too. We expect more. And that's something for, for your listeners to do too, is just expect more of themselves and hold themselves to a higher standard as well as, you know, uh, their leaders and stuff, make sure that they're uh, accountable as well.
0: Yeah, Uh, you're right. Now, Uh, you can go all throughout scripture and see the importance of trust. You know, um, even the very nature of God is truth. So trust is something that's extremely important. And, uh, and I look at this question and think, you know, why would they ask, do I pass stuff on? Like, why, why would they even, even, you know, talk about that? Well, because it's about trust. When you go to a group like this, can I trust you not to share what I'm sharing? the Bible is super clear I had pulled up uh, probably 30, 40 scriptures that talk about um, you know uh, you know not not sharing what someone has told you you know gossip, slander, all those kinds of things and uh, and God is not impressed when when we when we do that. The other thing is uh, I said earlier kind of in the intro to this question was you know the breakdown of trust leads to, I think, I, I think gossip. Um, I I looked at a few different articles uh, around gossip and, and some scripture and, and things like that. And they kind of highlighted for me four different areas where kind of gossip starts and some, and some different thoughts around it. So Lucas, I'm going to throw these out to you and we can, you know, have some conversation around it. Sure. So there's, you know, what they, what they would term, and I'm air quoting for those at home, uh, chit chat, you know, it's, it's usually just the basic information and it's it's shared without harmful intent and and often without any harmful results but it's kind of like oh hey you know did you hear that this person's moving out of town well that's that's not hurting
1: anybody so is that gossip That's a tricky one and I think a lot of time it has to do with the with the kind of What's behind it? Is it to share information? Because there's some people that they want to share information. Hey, just, you know, so and so's moving out of town. Like, that's, you know, that's fine. But if it's something you barely know, like sometimes you have people that will tell you stuff about people you don't even know. And you're like, I don't care. Why are you telling me about this? And it's just because they, it's like, they want to be the first to tell. It's about, I have information I want to give you, not like you have information you need to hear from me.
0: Yeah. So it's coming back to the kind of a condition of the heart sort of thing, you know, Mm -hmm. Certainly, when we have when we have someone come for the first time to church, I'll introduce myself to them, and then I'll go back to you know to the to our senior pastor and go, "Oh, hey, I uh, just want to let you know this person was in church today." But I'm not doing that to talk about them, um, you know, in in a way that is harmful or anything like that. I want to let people know so that we can come alongside and, and support and encourage you know somebody new. Now, this one I thought was interesting because you can see this um, in church prayer meetings sometimes unfortunately and it's what they termed the prayer unveiling. I don't know if you've ever seen this Lucas where where the prayer for somebody when it very much could have been, you know, Lord please be with, you know, Tom today because he just needs you to be with him. Instead of it's just being something like that where the Lord already knows all the details, it is very much an opportunity to share personal details that others don't need to know
1: if you are a horrible person who loves to gossip and you go to church you learn this little uh workaround pretty quick that if you call it a prayer request you can get away with it uh and you see people doing it and i've seen someone like stand up in church at one time i was at a church like this little country church and someone stands up and like oh we have a big prayer request we need to be in prayer for and she went on to talk about something that wasn't like wasn't our business and did not need all the details, but she, you could tell she was like, just loving every minute of it, of like shouting from the rooftop. And, and that's kind of one of those things you got to watch out for. Uh, I mean, it's, it's in every culture, but in Christian culture, you can, if you call God's prayer quest, um, sometimes you can kind of get away with, Oh, did you hear so-and-so really needs prayer? And like, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> those uh, are no, annoying.
0: No, it, I, it is frustrating. <laughs> um, because we don't need to know if we were meant to know if that person wanted prayer that bad. And for everyone to know that specific thing, they would, you know, call the prayer line and say, Hey, can you get this request out? Or they would, you know, if you're a modern church, maybe email it in or text it in. I, I don't know how those things work. Um, Mm -hmm. but if someone wanted you to know that bad so that you could pray with that information, they would contact you with that or they would be Mm -hmm. explicit with the person um, you know the other thing is, and we've all heard that. When I think of gossip, this is the one my brain goes to all the time. It's kind of like the news flash. You know, it's the quick blurb. Oh, did you hear about? Did you hear about so and so? I just can't believe that that happened. Apparently, they have a southern accent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then, then they just tack. You should really be praying for them on the end, and then they're good oh, to go.
0: Oh man, a double whammy right there. <laughs> it's it's the the prayer flash if we can coin that, I'm not sure. Um, but I think we've all seen this one and this is the one I think of the most, you know, it's, well, did you hear about, and, and, a, and a lot of times they don't have all the information and, and they just start talking and talking and it keeps going and getting bigger and bigger. And that rolls, I think Lucas into the last one, uh, slander. And I went and got a definition for slander. It's telling or repeating a tale that may or may not be true. Um, and it will tear someone else down. Often, people do this to bring themselves higher. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just sounds yeah. like straight up lying to me.
1: Well, people feel bad about themselves and low self-esteem and all that rigmarole, and they feel a need to push others down so they can feel better. Like, okay, well, I guess where I am is not that bad since I've pushed you down into the mud. I guess me being, you know, only up to my you know elbows in mud isn't so bad since your head's under the mud. You know, that sort right. of thing. Right. Um, it's funny, like talking about gossip, um, it's a huge workplace issue. I know that. And, uh, um, at our, at our, our school, it wasn't a major issue for the staff, but I mean, we're all human, right? So at one point, um, we were reading through a book, um, called Entree Leadership and it's about this Christian businessman and, and he has a, uh, I think it's like a one strike policy for gossip. And if you, if you're caught gossiping, they will warn you once. And after that, they will can you. And when he said, he said wow. when he first did it, he wasn't sure how it would go. Like he thought it was the right thing to do, but he wasn't sure how it would go. And then it turned out everybody loved it because the gossips, the people who just couldn't get it under control were gone. And then everybody else could just be relaxed and not to worry about being gossiped about. And they, they've won and his, his company has Dave Ramsey. They've won best place to work in their city for like 10 years in a row um, because of this. And I, and I love, their, I love their, uh, their definition. This is the one we use at, at our school. And it says gossip is talking to anyone about a problem that they do not have the power to solve. So if if uh. I'm complaining, to, if I'm complaining to my receptionist about the courses I'm teaching this semester, like oh I can't believe I have to teach whatever, blah 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 blah, uh, yeah, my receptionist has no power to solve that for me. So I'm not I'm not solving the problem. I'm just whining about it. Uh, I need to talk to the principal, or I need to shut my app and just get over it. Right? Those are the two options. Sure. Um, so. And so we so we we've used that we've gone over that with our staff like we don't have like the one strike fire policy. This guy he works in like the south so he can get away with it. I don't think we could do that, but it's definitely something we take seriously. And we've had, um, we, and we, even amongst the students. I mean, obviously you know we teach in a K to eight school. By we I mean me. Um, and so in especially in middle school and early high school, gossip can be a big deal, right? So we really have to put the kibosh on it quick. And we've been really pretty good, I think, about about rooting it out and just like I said. I was another guy. I think it was Simon Sinek talked about. He said the biggest no. I think it's Pat Lencioni said that the biggest problem most organizations, whether they're a church or a business or a school or whatever, face is a lack of trust. And if you if there's lots of gossip, you don't trust anybody. And if mm-hmm. you don't trust anybody, you're constantly kind of defending. You're watching your back to keep it from getting stabbed, and you're not focusing on the business and growing your church or growing your school or growing your whatever it is, right? So you're you're spending all this energy making sure that you know Bob from Accounts Receivable isn't talking smack about you behind your back, right? Yeah. And and that's one of the things that you got to watch out for, especially. I think gossip is one of those things. It sounds like a like a high school thing, but really, it's oh, it's, it's something that people face their whole life.
0: Yeah, we uh, we have our own policy that if you know if we come alongside and hear someone talking about, you know, another staff or something like that, we interject into the conversation and go, you know, you really need to go speak with that person about that, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not to, it's not to, to be rude. It's, it's to keep conversation appropriate. Yep. And, and really there is no place for that scripture is super clear, um, you know, about gossip and slander and lying and just that, Lack of trust. Um, So to me, this question kind of has a few different layers to it where, you know, but the main one, because again, I, I, I think gossip, well, you said it, if there's gossip everywhere, no one trusts anybody. Right. So then the question that we need to ask each other, just like they did way back then, is do we, do we gossip? Do we pass on? I, you know, I thought the wording was a little interesting and I don't want to go long on this, but it says, do Mm. I confidentially pass on to others? It's not like you're going out blurting it from a pulpit or blurting it. Do I confidentially? It's like, Hey, listen, this was told to me, but don't, you know, don't, don't tell the other person or don't, don't, you can't spread it any further, you know? And, uh, and man, what a recipe for disaster.
1: that's one of those things you say it's like i'm not one of those awful gossips because i told them not to tell anybody (laughs) yeah (laughs) like Uh, i I made it perfectly clear if they tell anybody that's their fault not my fault that's right (laughs) good grief no and often i was i wrote down here in our little notes thing that often gossip is just whining and like those (sighs) like whiners are just the worst and i uh, and i'm i'm sure i've been i've been guilty of it before but you know, it doesn't matter where you work. I remember when I was getting ready to go out into you know, teaching and one of the teacher teachers told us, he says, listen, no matter what school you go to, there's going to be a group of teachers that are all sour about teaching and sour about students. And they just want to sit around and talk about like how kids these days, dot, dot, dot. He says, there's going to be a group in your school. Now, sure. when you find them, run away from them, like do not join in, do not whatever, because those people will sour you and it'll be the end. Uh, and a lot of those times those are just kind of miserable people just whining away. And and I'm, I am quite fortunate. I, didn't, I haven't really found that where I work, but I know that it happens a lot in life. And just here's the thing. Nobody wants to be around a whiner. Like that's just don't.
0: You're absolutely right, Lucas. Nobody wants to be around someone that whines. You know, uh, Proverbs 2019 says a gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much.
1: Just remember that if someone will gossip with you, they will definitely gossip about you. Ooh. Um and I've been with someone before. I remember, you know, and the, the, there'll be three of us talking and then one person will walk away and they'll kind of like roll their eyes about that person. And I'm like, I don't want to ever talk with you anymore because when I walk away, I, now I assume you roll your eyes about me like, oh, my word, Lucas. Uh, and y- that's a quick way to like distance yourself from people.
0: Uh, I hardly ever roll my eyes anymore. I've tried to stop Lucas. Well, uh, I think we've, I think we have thrown lots of info and some scripture and some opinion at this question. I think it's a very valid question for us to ask ourselves. Uh, Lucas, as we begin to wrap up the episode, uh, I want to toss a couple of lighthearted questions at you and we'll just kind of go from there. So fire away. Sure. Um, This one comes from Yahoo Answers and it is, are eyebrows considered facial hair? Are they on your face? They are, in fact, on my face. They're facial hair. All right, <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> Listener from Yahoo, if uh, well, you probably don't listen. On the off chance that you listen, yes, they are considered facial hair. Um, what is it when when uh, you don't have any facial hair or is alopecia? Uh, yeah, I, th- I, was,
1: I was like propalicia, but no, I think alopecia. Alopecia,
0: and so you can get like you can get your own personal eyebrows made. In so, surprised
1: eyebrows, yeah. or angry eyebrows.
0: Oh, it works. The whole works. Get a unibrow made, <laughs> just a strip of felt right across your two eyes.
1: <laughs> they call that the Bert or Ernie.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, so yeah, yeah, they're definitely, they're definitely facial hair. Now, if your eyebrows are on the same scale as like a beard or mustache, like if they're like mustaches for your eyes. Oh my <sighs> word. Are eyebrows really mustaches for the eyes? I've never looked at them like that.
1: Well that's well, that's exactly what they are. I mean, some people do have a couple of Tom Sellecks up there.
0: <laughs> oh man. At the movie theater, which armrest is yours? The ones you get to first. I I was thinking, okay, well, if you go in and if you're facing the screen and you're in the very first seat, you know, to the to the far left. Well then, duh, it's simple. Put your arm on the left one and just let it roll all the way to the other end until you get to the very end and then that's the person on the right who now gets two. And who decided that person was so stinking special that they got two? You did? I guess. So, yeah, I guess you just, uh, generally I have my children and my wife there and we put the kids between us. So I just take whatever armrest I want because my kids aren't stronger than me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I I'm trying to think what I do. Like it's pretty rare. I don't go to a ton of movies because I've got kids and yada yada yada. But and usually when I do go to movies, it's like three weeks in and like no one's there. So I usually it'll be me and some other guy that's about my size. So we'll give each other like like a, a buffer chair between us so we get we get full uh, full elbow acreage. So it's nice that way.
0: You got to have you got to have full elbow acreage. The last question is. Is a hot dog a sandwich?
1: I feel like I've heard this question somewhere before, and it's a question that I immediately said, Of course not. And then about three seconds in, was like, Well, I mean, meat between two pieces of bread. I don't think a sandwich is like written into law as having to be like flat. So, I mean, it's a tubular sandwich.
0: No, so uh, I- no. Uh, well, but okay, hold on now. See, this is where I take a little bit of. Uh, issue with it a sandwich in my mind sure the shape of the bread can be different it doesn't have to be flat you know you can get hamburger buns that are but then you get a hamburger but well anyway oh shoot but a hot dog bun is one piece of bread that is you know it wraps around so let me ask you this Mm -hmm. if if I took one piece of bread and folded it in half get a bender and, and and put peanut butter in it is that still a peanut butter sandwich? Yeah, it's a peanut butter bender. A peanut butter bender.
1: That's what we call them in our house. Yeah, peanut butter benders. Do you really? Or are
0: you making that up for the show right now?
1: No, I promise you. Well, I can't even take credit for it. Uh, my brother in law, he's like, oh, yeah, we call those benders. I'm like, oh, I'm going to call them that forever now. We also call roast beef roast beast, but I mean, that's not, that's definitely from Dr. <laughs> Zeus. But uh, no yeah, sponsor. you got peanut butter bender, and peanut butter benders are great when you need, when you're not full sandwich hungry or, you know, supper's coming up or whatever my kids call that a hold-off snack, and that's what that is. A hold-off snack? Yeah. Uh, just for fun, I did bring up the definition of sandwich, and it's an item of food consisting of two pieces of bread. Oh, that could be our trip there. Right it is there. there two it is. pieces of bread with meat, cheese, or another filling in between them, eaten as a light meal.
0: Well, hold on, meat or cheese? So you're telling me that a uh, what I would consider a you know a PB and J or Just a peanut butter sandwich is not a sandwich under their definition because it doesn't have meat or cheese. No,
1: it says with meat, cheese, or other filling between them.
0: Oh, I missed that part.
1: So, I mean, technically, if you have one of those old, gross, like stale pieces of, like, you know, it came out of the freezer or whatever, and that the, uh, you know, the hot dog bun splits into. And, which I hate for some reason. I don't know why that makes me so angry. It, it tastes exactly the same, but it's because I know it's not like the way God intended. Yep. Um, but if you have two separate pieces and you have the hot dog in between, that's totally become a sandwich uh, if you want to really get down to the nitty gritty.
0: So a hot dog in its current form wrapped in a singular piece of bread we would not classify as a sandwich, but...
1: I mean, in my heart, yes, but I'd I fit according to like Wikipedia or whatever or Merriam-Webster. Uh, no, you cannot.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like. See, this is kind of like the question of you know is um, is cereal soup? But we're not gonna we're not going there today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, but here's the thing. Like you said, uh, technically, then a bender is not you know a sandwich, and I would contest that in court any day of the week. So I think, and I think once you get. Once you get in the door with a peanut butter bender, then I think there's a case to be made for. Uh, once you set the precedent, then I think you can make a case for ha- for a hot dog. All right. So, so we- that means that a, well, that means a hamburger is a sandwich, but that makes sense because I mean, fast food places don't call them burgers anymore; they call them sandwiches, which technically would line up with this definition.
0: Wow, we actually answered that question. <laughs> well, Lucas, um, thank you for being on the show. And before we sign off here, I'm just wondering what uh what have you been listening to lately what kind of music recommendation can you give the listeners something uh, that they could look up and enjoy
1: uh to be honest with you it's it's gonna be toby mac you know it's, summer is just kind of a fun time and I like Toby macs music my kids like him he's kind of fun to listen to I was a camp pack pastor out of chick- Hawk there for a week and uh, I was running some game and they just said like run this little obstacle course i built so I brought out my little like portable speaker and I just had some Toby Mac uh, going and like it was awesome like it was, and all the kids liked it and it's just it's just fun I mean it's I wouldn't call it you know it's not it's, it's there're no hymns or anything but their <laughs> the lyrics are solid and like it's fun so yeah Toby Mac's what I'm what I'm down with for now
0: Toby Mac some good music thank you Lucas so before we sign off here Lucas I'm just wondering is there anything you want to say to the listener
1: uh yes i know you have a lot of high school students that listen and let me just give you this little bit of advice that i know that video games are super fun and you're probably spending a lot of time playing video games because it's the summer but you've got like three four weeks left um why don't you cut down on the video games and go out and do stuff with like real life people and have fun and just kind of squeeze the most fun out of summer that you can because in the winter you can play tons of video games but you know in the summer try to get the most you can out of it i myself I've done a little thing where I said for the rest of the summer, I'm not going to watch anything like no Netflix TV, YouTube, um, just because I was wasting away the summer watching stupid YouTube clips. So I'm going to try to like invest in my kids and invest in just myself personally and read some more good books. So maybe you could try to do the same. So go live it IRL. If you know it. Um
0: also, Netflix, not a sponsor. YouTube, not a sponsor. Anything else that maybe came out of Lucas's mouth in that little tirade about going outside, not a sponsor.
1: <laughs> I didn't say you had to go outside. I said you shouldn't watch so much TV. I, do, I don't do a ton of outside stuff. Okay. I'm, a, I'm an indoor cat.
0: <laughs> well, thank you again, Lucas. And uh, thank you, listener, for taking the time to listen. Uh, remember that you can rate and review at all the podcast apps that are available to you. Also, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Oxford Holy Club, and email us uh, your questions to OxfordHolyClub at gmail.com. If there's something that's on your mind, a question you would love for us to be able to uh, honestly answer, or maybe just a question that you'd love for us to goof on for a while, you can send it to that email, OxfordHolyClub at gmail.com. We won't mention your name. We won't mention anything about that. Uh, This is just for fun, And uh, and to help each other grow. So um, thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep spiritually fit and have fun.